Uh, this weekend, we will continue the sermon series, Unshakable. When you're flying on an airplane, sometimes you hear the announcement, uh, we are experiencing some turbulence, kindly return to your seats and fasten your seatbelts. A turbulence occurs when an airplane is hit by a strong wind current that can push or pull the plane. It causes a few bumps and jerks, and, and all of a sudden there are concerned looks all around. Now, people are quick to pray when they are 30,000 feet in the air than when they are on the ground. You know, ever since the year 2020 unfolded, it feels like we've hit a turbulent patch. It's been a long, bumpy ride for over two years. And if two years of pandemic is not enough, we're now seeing an unnecessary war that is causing great distress. Innocent lives are being lost. Chaos and pandemonium continue to abound. And uncertainties over the future are looming large. More than ever, we need the reminder to place our confidence and hope in God and God alone. Now, all through history, God's people have gone through their share of trials and tribulations. And rather than being unsettled by these things, the people of God have been resilient, strong, and rooted in their confidence in God's character. Now, we have so much to learn from church history. In this sermon series, we are unpacking the various areas in our spiritual lives we are called to be unshakable. And today, in light of all that is happening in our world, it is fitting to talk about unshakable trust. What does it look like to express radical trust in the face of overwhelming oppositions? Our scripture text is a psalm that expresses deep trust in God in the midst of great turmoil. Towards the end of this message, we will also participate in the Lord's Supper together. So if you're watching us online and want to be part of this experience, have a piece of bread and some juice ready, and we will partake of it together towards the end of this message. The text for today is from Psalm 46. And if you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor the reading of God's word, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Would you pray with me? 
Father, we need that reassurance that you are with us in the midst of all that is happening around us. We need that renewed sense of confidence of your presence. So would you pour out your spirit in this place that each one of us will know that you are by our side, not far away, but so close. So speak to us today. Personalize this message for us to whatever circumstances we may be going through. We pray this in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You all may be seated. I recently watched a, a video clip on social media of some Ukrainian Christians singing in a subway station in Kiev with a threat of bombs and destruction, a sirens blaring, calling people to take cover. Over 2.5 million people fleeing the country as refugees. And this group of Ukrainian Christians huddled together to sing about God's salvation, forgiveness, mercy, joy, and peace. It was profound. For their songs were not just an expression of their musical talents or their singing abilities, but their songs were an overflow of their deep and confidence in God's character in the midst of a raging crisis. Every trial that we face in life is a test of our faith. It asks the question, who are we putting our trust in? When we face larger trials, when life all of a sudden falls apart, when the bottom drops out, what sustains us in those moments is our trust in God. That God is with us and nothing can separate us from his presence. That is the basic message of Psalm 46. And this psalm doesn't promise that life will be problem free. But the promise is God is with us in the midst of our problems. The presence of God is well able to sustain us even when we walk through the darkest valleys of life. And this psalm expresses radical trust in the face of insurmountable odds. And like the group of Ukrainian Christians singing in that subway, the psalmist also sings confidently in the face of a, a military disaster. There are three sections to the psalm. And the underlying theme that binds these three sections is the presence of God. His presence serves as a refuge and fortress even in the darkest of times. Psalm 46 inspired Martin Luther to compose the Reformation hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And through an excruciating, painful season in his own life, Luther sought refuge in God. And the words of this psalm ministered to his soul. And this piece of scripture can soothe our anxieties or things that we cannot control. The reason we can be unshakable is not because we are strong on our own. But we have God as our mighty fortress. His presence is our defense. And knowing this, the psalmist writes in verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. 
The reason the psalmist is not shaken, even in the face of overwhelming circumstances, is because he knows something about God. There's a secret that has been revealed to him. The God who made heaven and earth, the one who holds the entire universe in the palm of his hands, who controls all things, is in charge of all things, who rules over all things. This same God is our refuge, our strength. He is our impenetrable defense. The psalmist says God is a very present help in time of trouble. And we all long for a friend who says to us, call me anytime you need help. It is so reassuring to have such a dependable person in our life. And that person is our go-to in times of emergency. God is saying in the psalm, he is a very present help. That's another way of saying, call me anytime you need help. Now look at the next couple of verses, verses 2 and 3. Therefore, we will not fear... Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The psalmist is confident, is not afraid, even when everything is spiraling out of control, when the whole world is caving in. Now this imagery that he employs here of uh, the mountains being swallowed by the sea it's a powerful imagery. Mountains serve as a metaphor for stability and permanence. They are strong and lasting. And when I go to our Bear Spa campus, you know, I love the view of the towering Rocky Mountains. I love just standing there and looking through those big glass windows at the snow-capped mountains. It is a majestic sight, a visual treat. And while mountains symbolize something of permanence and, and stability, the forming sea is the exact opposite. It is a metaphor in the Bible for chaos. The sea is presented as an unruly force, and when it is foaming, it means everything is going haywire, berserk, things are going out of control. The sea threatening to swallow the mountains means the strong structures that have been in place for a long time, the pillars of our society, the external things that we place our trust in are all going down, caving in as chaos and pandemonium takes over. Now the psalmist is not talking about a minor problem here. He's speaking of a world that is being turned upside down. He's painting the ultimate nightmare, all hell breaking loose. These are dire times that can shake our very foundations. He might as well be talking about what we've been experiencing the last two years. And even in times such as this, we have nothing to fear because God is with us, and that simple assurance is all we need. We can be unshakable because of God's presence in our life. We are rooted and established whatever we may go through in life, because we are not alone. The promise of Jesus is so clear. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. 
That is a promise that cannot fail, and it calms all of our fears. Now, in the second section of the psalm, the psalmist says the same thing using a different set of metaphors. Here's verses 4 to 7. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. After referring to chaotic, foaming seas, the psalmist draws a contrast here as he talks about a peaceful, calm stream that is flowing. Water is such a rare and precious commodity in the Middle East. It was true during Bible times. It is true even today. And in ancient times, when a city was being surrounded by its enemies, the people, the inhabitants of the city were locked in. They had nowhere to go. They were stuck. And what made a difference in those times is the presence of a river that flowed through the city. Even though the people were locked in, they had access to abundant water supply. The water supply sustains their life. Without this supply of water, a city that is under siege will die of thirst. Having enough water is a life or death issue. So a river that runs through a city enhances its security and keeps everyone alive. Psalm says here, there is a river that flows through the city of God that makes all of its inhabitants secure. Even when they are surrounded by enemy nations, when the nations are in uproar, they have access to this life-giving water that flows right through the city. Here's something interesting. Old Testament scholar Dr. Trample Longman points out, when you look at the geography of the city of Jerusalem, the city does not have and has never had a river running through it. So the river that the psalmist is referring to here is not a literal river because there is no river flowing like that through Jerusalem. It's a figurative expression. We understand more about this river not by looking at Israel's geography, but by looking at their theology. God is where his people are. The river that gladdens the entire city is symbolic of the presence of God in their midst. When the people of God were surrounded by enemies and oppositions in a time of national upheaval, they still had access to the presence of God. The point that the psalmist is making is Jerusalem's security is not in its fortified walls or its strong military power, but the divine presence of God that flows through the city like a river. The presence of God brings enhanced security even in the midst of a deep crisis. And that is true today for God's people. Like a refreshing river, the presence of God brings life-giving waters that quench our thirst. 
On the outside, it may look dark and stormy, but on the inside, we have joy, peace, confidence, security flowing through us because we are drinking deeply of God's presence. As God's people, we have the Holy Spirit living in us to signify the closeness of His presence. And the Spirit offers living waters that quench our thirst and satisfies our soul. So we can sing, whatever my Lord, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. No trial in life can separate us from God's life-giving presence. No circumstances can ever rob you of the life abundant and full that we have in Christ. Even in the bleakest moments, we don't just operate on survival mode, but God's life-giving presence helps us to thrive and flourish at all times in our life. In tumultuous times, God is our refuge and strength. And we are surrounded and overcome by oppositions, we have access to God's life-giving presence. Here's the third section of the psalm, verses 8 to 11. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear he burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, these words here describe God's intervention. What happens when God comes through? This gives us a glimpse of God's power. God's people in this psalm were facing harrowing circumstances. Oppositions abound, but now God intervenes. We as God's people may face all kinds of assaults, but we know how the story will end, how it will all pan out. For it is God who is writing the story. Here on earth, we will have conflict and wars and in fact, according to Jesus, we have to expect more of these things as the end draws near. But there is coming a day when all wars will cease. All opposing forces will surrender. God will break every weapon, every armor, and bring lasting peace. The instruments of war like bows, swords, shields will become inoperative. Here at Texas, be still and know that I am God. You know, this is a, a popular verse, and oftentimes we interpret it as a, a call to silence and contemplative spiritual practices to quieten our soul. But that's not the context of this verse. God is speaking here to the opposing enemies, those bent on causing affliction to his people. And God is commanding the enemy nations to be still, to cease their striving, to desist, to stop fighting. 
God is saying, no matter how much you oppose, I will be exalted. I will be magnified. I will be acknowledged as God. My purposes will not fail. That is the culmination of history. No opposing forces. No governmental authority or political power. No loss of the land, no religion or worldview, no dictators or rulers can stop God's ultimate plans and purposes from coming to pass. They all will collectively bow down to the Lordship of Jesus. So as the people of God, we live in light of this reality. We live in light of this future. And we look at our problems in the present through this very lens. And that's what helps us to be unshakable. And as you look at Psalm 46, it is a worship song composed by the descendants of Korah who were Levites who served in the temple. Now the idea is whenever God's people go through trying times, they will sing this song to remind themselves of God's abiding presence. We don't know the precise historical context, the events that led to the composition of the psalm. The lyrics allude to some kind of a military siege taking place in Jerusalem that eventually led to God's great deliverance. Some speculate that this psalm was written to commemorate the events in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. That this account serves as a, a backdrop to this song and served as an inspiration for the psalmist. 2 Chronicles 20 is about the story of King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. The king received news that Judah was under attack. That enemy nations had linked their arms together and had plotted to besiege them. And from a human point of view, disaster awaited them. They were locked in, surrounded. They were in dire straits, clearly outnumbered by their enemies. And knowing they didn't stand a chance, the people led by the king cried out to God for his deliverance, for divine intervention. They prayed, Lord, we do not know what to do, but we look to you for help. Our eyes are on you. I tell you, that is a great prayer for our day and age. Lord, we don't understand all that is happening around us. We don't even know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. And at that moment, the people of Judah received a prophetic word that God himself will fight this battle, and they had nothing to worry God was saying, I've got this. Don't worry about anything. That's just another way of saying, be still and know that I'm God. Stop striving and see me at work. The next morning, based on this revelation, the king had a, a unique arrangement, an unorthodox plan, a strategy that made him a, a laughing stock in the eyes of his enemies. Jehoshaphat made the worship leaders go ahead of the military. The praise and worship team led the armed forces that day in battle. And rather than a war cry, they lifted their voices in praise. 
And they did all of this to communicate their radical trust that praise was their primary weapon. That their ultimate confidence was in the Lord and His promise. And here they were, facing a joint opposition ganging against them. Humanly speaking, they had no chance. But they placed their trust in God and sang praises in the midst of their ordeal. And at that moment, as the praises went up, something supernatural happened. The enemies all of a sudden became confused and started fighting against each other. And just as Psalm 46 says, God intervened. He broke the bow, shattered the swords, silenced the enemy, and brought lasting peace. And Psalm 46 is composed as a worship song in the face of opposition. Our praise is an outward expression of our radical trust. Three times Psalm 46 repeats, God is for us. And twice it provides the reassurance, God is with us. Knowing God is for us and he is with us, and knowing that he fights our battles, we can also sing in the middle of a crisis. We can let praise be our weapon in silencing all oppositions. So when our world caves in, when disappointments loom large, when expectations don't come to pass, when pandemics and wars break out, we sing. We lift our voices in praise. It is an expression of our radical trust in God. And like those Christians in Ukraine singing in that subway station, in the same way, we also express our trust through songs of praise. We demonstrate the confidence that nothing can separate us from God's presence. Now hearing this, some of you may say, but I've lost my song. The, ba the battle is gone for far too long. And I'm too weary, too broken to sing. I don't know how to raise my hands in praise in the midst of this raging crisis. I want us to watch a video right now, I'll encourage you to give praise in the midst of your trials. Well, Becky Timmons has served as our worship pastor at Center Street Church for many years, and we all have been blessed by her musical abilities. Today, let's hear her personal story of how God helped her to praise and worship him in a very difficult time in her life. Let's watch this short video. About 10 years ago, I lost my father to a lengthy battle with cancer. I was devastated with grief. That first weekend back leading worship was an experience that I will never forget. It would have been really easy not to come. It would have been really easy just to say, I just need a bit more time to sort myself out. It was a set that I planned 
knowing these were the songs I needed to hear. And I picked songs that I knew my soul needed to hear. I picked songs that we actually sang at my dad's funeral. It is well and be still with my soul. And I couldn't sing them. I couldn't get through the words, but they washed over me and they settled on me and just lifting my hands as uh, an act of praise was enough that day just to say, I believe these words are true even if I don't feel them right now. I believe that it is true. Sometimes it's easy to show up and praise. When everything's going good and I feel like I've, I'm in control of things and I'm doing the things that I want to be doing, um, it's easy to praise in those moments and say, God, you're, you're the best, you're awesome. It's the other times that we need to be here most. We need to be in a place of worship most and those are the hardest times to show up. When, when we're broken, when we've just sinned in a spectacular way and we feel like there's no forgiveness for us, when we're grieving, when we're sad, when we've lost somebody or something and we have no more control left and so we cling to Jesus. Those are the times that our faith is formed and forged in the fire and so that's why we come together. That's why we do this. That's why we praise, even in the hard times, because we know we need it. We know we need to be reminded that God is with us, that he is for us. He's not against us. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. God is with us. God is for us. And that is the focus of our praise and worship, even in difficult times. That is how we demonstrate unshakable trust, by clinging to his presence. I want to draw our thoughts towards celebrating the Lord's Supper. Psalm 46 gives us this emphatic assurance that God's presence is with us even in times of upheaval and pandemonium. How can we be so sure of his presence? How can we know that he is our refuge, our fortress, and a very present help in time of trouble when at times it feels like he's a million miles away? In those moments, we don't go by our feelings. We know God is for us and he is with us based on an objective truth, what he has accomplished for us on the cross. The cross serves as a visible reminder that the gap between God and humans has been bridged once and for all, that we now have constant access to the throne of grace. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, 
What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? The cross of Christ is the ultimate assurance that nothing can separate us from God's presence. If God was willing to give his most prized possession, his own son, to save us, that he would hand him over to be beaten to a pulp, spat upon, stripped naked, and nailed to a cross, if that is the extent he's willing to go, will he now take his presence from you? Will he not sustain you in this difficult season of your life? For what can separate us from the love of God that has been revealed in Christ Jesus? No trial, no affliction, no sin, no failures on our part. When we look for God earnestly, we will find him waiting to embrace us in his arms. 